0: We are going to start today's session with a conversation with Pawel Maj from Warsaw Equity Group. Pawel, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, uh, Ramana. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for the invitation and welcome as well.
0: So, Pawel, tell us about uh, what's up in uh, Poland. You are in in semi-war zone. So, how, how are things going, and, and what's the atmosphere like, and, and what's happening with the startup ecosystem?
1: Well, uh, on one hand, uh, uh, luckily uh, we don't see any war zone by ourselves. The war is uh, in Ukraine, which is our neighbor uh, yeah. d- 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 country. Although uh, we see the effects, uh, we had just a huge wave of immigrants or, uh, yeah. coming from the Ukraine to Poland, especially women and children. They were fleeing for their safety. Uh, we already admitted almost five million immigrants. Uh, just in the in the period of just few few weeks so it was crazy actually and the involvement of the polish population bringing everyone to the under the roofs uh, welcoming and helping them out it was just incredible so in just difficult times it was very great to see the polish population polish community to coming together and helping our neighbors so yeah. Yeah.
0: that's really heartwarming to see how well the polish people have welcomed the ukrainians
1: well, but you know, probably t- t- our uh, 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 there were uh, UKs are our brothers. They uh, are uh, our neighbors, but also we share the same history and we have the same uh, worry regarding the safety. Also, look at the, our uh, shared history with the with the Russia, also as our neighbor. Yeah. So you know, there is a big, uh, actually very. Uh, 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 there's uh, a lot of empathy uh, uh, in the population
0: for their situation.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah so uh, let's talk about the startup situation and uh, talk about warsaw equity group your funds what are the particulars of the fund we're gonna get into those details
1: okay so i guess i should start with a, a short page a short introduction of, of the fund first so uh, <clears throat> my name is pavel Mai. i'm investment director of warsaw equity group uh, uh my fund we are a family office with headquarters in warsaw as the name implies however we invest in the whole uh, region central and Eastern europe uh we are a family office uh, we have 150 million dollars under management and our focus are b2b uh, startups hardware and software especially in, uh, in automation and process improvements um that are, uh that are headquartered that are located in, in central eastern europe uh, mm-hmm. our investment ticket uh, since we are a family office but we are a multi-stage fund we invest in private equity-like uh, uh, deals, we invest in our venture capital type deals, and also we are LP, we invest in uh, pre-seed and seed funds uh, as the investor.
0: But you invest directly uh, into companies?
1: So we invest directly into the companies but also we invest indirectly uh, becoming investor in uh, at early no, stage No I uh, it about uh,
0: it, that you're a fund of funds it. and you invest in funds but uh, yes. you know yeah. the, for the interest of this conversation it, we are mainly interested in your direct investment activities okay. to, So we invest uh, directly
1: also data. our main direct activities regard uh, uh, venture capital we do late seed and series A investments direct into the startups so let's uh, talk about what kind of uh,
0: ticket size do you write when you do a seed investment or a series A investment what is your preferred ticket size
1: our initial uh, investment is between one to five million dollars and to, uh, 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 we are able to invest additional up to five million in the follow-on rounds so in total including the first investments and the follow-ons we are able to invest up to ten million per Per project, per startup.
0: Okay, so B two B, one to five million, and the follow on another five potentially. Now, what what do you want to see in a company that would give you comfort to write a one million dollar or upward of one million dollar check? What proof points do you need to see?
1: Uh, uh we uh, we are a later stage investor so first of all we expect that the companies are ready at uh, post product and post revenue stage so we expect to see already a uh, um, a product uh, even if it's a, a service or if it's a physical product or a, or a saas solution we expect to be it commercial ready we expect to have the first revenues uh we focus on startups that have at least $50,000 mrr or in case of hardware, at least fifty thousand uh, dollars first margin uh, monthly. Uh, we expect to have already uh, the there is already like a complete uh, core team, and we also expect uh, the project. We like to see the project uh, to to be working, uh, even if it's a niche, but the, the niche that we're able to grow the project at least uh, 10, 20 times fold uh, since our investment. Oh.
0: And. Um... So there is a there's an interesting subtlety in post revenue investment that I want to probe with you. Um, So, in a sense, the the stage that you're talking about is uh, probably a little termed post seed, pre Series A, all the way to Series A, right? So now you want to see revenue great. there are a few things that are in the pre-series a post-seed pre-series a stage that happens that i want to get your input on so you know the the notion of repeatability the notion of velocity companies do really well if they find the go-to-market strategy the unit economics and everything that gives them velocity that gives them a lot of repeatability if it's an enterprise customer if they're selling to enterprises they want to figure out how to repeatably sell to lots of customers quickly you know with reasonable sales cycles um am i reading you right in saying that these are things that you're okay with not being fully fleshed out and can be fleshed out after your investment comes in
1: um, to some extent yes i mean we like to see the first attraction uh, regarding repeatable sales so we are le- looking already at the product market fit. We are already yeah. looking for. A, we like to see the companies that they already figured out a repeatable way to sell the product. It doesn't have to be to enterprises; it can be to SMBs. But uh, we are late as later stage investor. We are more keen to provide capital to scale what's already working than provide capital for, uh, uh, for, for seeking the. To see what sticks so, uh, so, uh, and in our case it comes from the from our approach that uh, we would like to have about 10-15 companies in our portfolio at any given moment, provide them even a larger amount of capital, but also being able to focus to work with them being much more hands-on since our history heritage comes from private equity market. It, this is uh, from where we come from. And Now we are investing at uh, early and uh, stages. So uh, 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 the strategy that works at uh, seed investments, pre-seed or seed, usually invest smaller tickets but with much larger amount of projects to spread the risk um, among your portfolio. In our case, we are, uh, don't have a large enough team to have a, a large operational focus to be able to provide heads-on experience for 50 companies, let's say, in our portfolio. This is why we prefer to invest at later stage after product market fit to be able to work very closely hands on with the portfolio components. So, so yeah. this is why we well, this. But
0: so the reason I'm kind of proving this point, and for those of you who are mm-hmm. listening to this conversation, please note, uh, there are a bunch of things that happen between, you know, pre-seed-seed, pre-series-a, series-a in this continuum. You have to achieve product market fit, which means you have to get some customers to say that, yes, I want this product and and that I'm willing to write checks. Then you have to figure out a repeatable way of doing that over and over and over again, right? So it's it's not one company, one customer buying your product. You have to get numerous customers buying your product. So 50,000 ARR, depending on what is your average sales average sale price or average, uh, you know, um, deal size, it's still a small number of customers, most likely, unless you're selling a $5 per Mm -hmm. customer kind of product. Yeah. Um,
1: Yes. But then if you want to go Also, what's very important. uh,
0: Let me finish just one second. uh, Let me set the framework and I'll I'll come back to you. Um, So then, you know, go from. Five customers to 50 customers to 500 customers to 5,000 customers. This is the continuum that you're trying to travel in building a significant company, and and that is where you are in that continuum. In the 50,000 ARR, maybe uh, sorry, MRR, maybe you are in in the five to 50 customer range, but you you may not have fully figured out the full spectrum of how you're going to go from 50 customers to 500 customers or 500 customers to 5,000 customers, these are the nuances of questions that you should be asking the investors that, you, that are looking at your company to evaluate your company on where is their comfort zone. This is the notion of investor-entrepreneur fit that you've heard me talk about ad nauseum. You know, investors will invest in their comfort zone, not in your comfort zone. Investors have their own comfort zones, just like Powell is explaining that there is a certain sweet spot in which Warsaw Equity Group likes to invest. There's a certain geographical sweet spot, there's a certain stage sweet spot, there's a certain industry sector sweet spot. It's B2B SaaS in Western – in Eastern Europe and Central Europe, and in this kind of post-seed pre-series A sweet spot. This is what I'm hearing from Powell. So, yes. so coming back how um, can we do some examples, some case studies of companies that you have invested in and tell us not only about what those companies are, what they do, also when did they come to you what did they show you that caught your attention that captured your imagination enough to want to write these checks?
1: Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> Before I start, uh, I will have to say that our portfolio right now is very uh, diversified. Since it comes from, the, from, from our history. Uh, as I told you, we started as a private equity fund. Uh, we're doing uh, more like buyout deals, greenfield investments, uh, also working with very traditional sectors. Since the last two years, we are uh, rebuilding our portfolio, changing our strategy. To invest more into startups, more like capital deals uh, at uh, uh, early stages, smaller tickets, early stages. Uh, actually, myself, I joined the fund uh, this year to, uh, to to execute the strategy. So th- th- there was a lot of changes, but we found we found a model that we like to execute and continue for the years to come. Um, and in our strategy, uh, we have uh, uh, the, 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 we like to invest at least fifty million dollars in the next two to three years, mostly focusing on, you, you uh, don't on venture have a portfolio capital. Portfolio
0: yet you don't have a portfolio yet on
1: this investment pieces that we just discussed. Well, we do, but we just started executing, executing the strategy. So for example, uh, this year we already uh, went through two, two investments. we conducted investments. So that's that's
0: what I want to talk about is is the companies that you have invested in, that you have gone through this cycle of evaluating and investing in. So tell me about Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what those companies are and what did you see when they came to you? How did they come to you? What did you see when they came to you?
1: Okay, perfect. So probably a great example of our strategy and our approach. It's a investment that we conducted in March of this year. It's a Polish company, uh, which name is NetHaza. They provide merchants that sell on Amazon the software to automate their tasks. How to onboard to to Amazon platform and how to to do all the selling processes on Amazon, how to automate them. Amazon
0: Um, sellers. uh, The target market is Amazon sellers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, who, who, already on Amazon platform would like to automate the task or maybe new merchants are just coming to to Amazon platform and are seeking for a task solution that will help them out with these processes, especially when have high volume on on the Amazon platform. Mm-hmm. So uh, we decided to invest uh, in, in, in the company when uh, already uh, they had traction so they were post product post revenue. Hitting uh, over this $50,000 MRR uh, target, so uh, for for us, it's very important criteria for the selection. As you as you told uh, our viewers, uh, each investor has its sweet spot. In our case, uh, the 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 segment, the industry, the business model, and the traction are key elements to decide which stuff meets our investment criteria. Yeah. If we have startup that meets most of the criteria, but for example has smaller traction, we, we like to keep in touch. We build the relationship, but we we postpone we the investment we'll decision business. until the yeah. the KPI yeah. is this the traction is actually, regarding the, the
0: This is an important uh, point to note for people who are listening: is that uh, sometimes when you're in the fundraising cycle you may not be quite ready for the investor to write the check, but you build the relationship, you're showing traction, then you keep in touch with like, okay, this month we have crossed this MRR, and then this next this month we've crossed the next MRR milestone. And and, and at some point, it will converge potentially if you know what your target is, right? In this case, Powell is explaining that the target is $50,000 MRR. So if you start the relationship when you are at the $10,000 MRR point, you kind of have to inch your way up to $50,000 MRR and, and, and then perhaps the investment is going to happen. But that, that investor relationship management is important. If you have otherwise a good fit, if the market is of interest and the team is of interest, mm-hmm. then sometimes investors just take a little bit of time to see how you're performing to get to their comfort zone. That is the notion of investor-entrepreneur fit. Exactly,
1: and uh, something that I'd like to add up and maybe uh, to, to suggest to your, your listeners, uh, uh, often uh, there is, uh, uh, even though there is a fit, that there is no enough traction, that's a sweet spot for the investor. As you said, it's a matter of uh, entrepreneur-investor relationship. Something that I don't see very often, I like, and I would like to see much more often, it's uh, the founders, the startups that are doing the fundraising mode, uh, prepare and uh, execute like a, a investor newsletter. So they prepare like a newsletter and they uh, keep sending the updates, let's say quarterly or uh, every month, every quarter, every half a year, if given yeah. potential investor agrees upon receiving such a uh, correspondence. And then it's a great way, you know, to keep in touch with yourself. and once you keep the the metrics, the KPIs that are in the sweet spot of the investor, you know, the investor will come back by themselves and say, okay, thank you for this update for this newsletter. For, for us it's the right moment to come back to the discussion regarding the investment and then you change the dynamic yes and then the investor you know doesn't uh, forget about you and then he's the he or she has the opportunity to come back to the table when that is a right moment
0: definitely 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 and and i think that in that process of covering that ground from you know if you are below the threshold where the investor and entrepreneur comfort zone fit, comfort zone is, uh, try to also develop the strategy and, and develop that repeatability notion. The whole game in B2B SaaS, the whole game is repeatability of customer acquisition at a reasonable unit economics. So there are a number of factors that you have to take into account to due diligence, and, and those are repeatability, those are unit economics, those are, you know, reasonable customer acquisition costs, and so forth. So, so uh, let's actually talk, Powell, also about what's happening in the region, in Eastern and Central Europe, where you are working. What kind of deal flow are you seeing in B2B SaaS? Is B2B SaaS really active? What's happening? What, what's i mean how many companies in your the zone that you're interested in how many b2b SaaS companies are there
1: well it's a great question we don't have like any centralized database but i, I would say that, that we have uh, probably between five to ten thousand startups uh, in b2b uh sales in central and eastern europe it's just my like a uh, private guess uh, mm-hmm. uh, since there is no official data uh, B2B SaaS dominates the, 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 the venture capital flow. Uh, this is where most of the investments happen, actually. Um, and this yeah. is the business that's the easiest to scale internationally, also outside the region, yeah. uh, because uh, the investor, even the local investors or the regional investors, on the one hand, they have smaller tickets, so it's much, diffi- much more difficult to scale hardware business. It's much more difficult to scale uh, platforms or marketplaces. So uh, B2B SaaS, especially for the early stage investors, are the most prefer uh, the, the most preferred uh, investment types that I l- like to consider and like to invest.
0: And how are you viewing uh, exit strategy in your investment thesis for the funds vis-à-vis these B2B SaaS companies? What are you thinking? Are you thinking that you're going to build unicorns from the region, or are you thinking of looking for you know earlier exits? What what kind of you know, investment pieces. Are you working on the basis
1: mm-hmm. of? Um, in case of Warsaw Equity Group, actually, we are not in the game of chasing unicorns. Uh, we uh, we uh, we look at the, at uh, reasonable returns. So actually, are looking at uh, startups that we believe uh, can increase the value of our investment uh, uh, tenfold or more. But it doesn't have to be unicorn. So we believe that. Uh, as we as we look at the market and the competitors, our colleagues from venture capital private equity, we see that too often chasing unicorns means uh, too, ex, uh, 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 too, too much capital uh, uh, chasing the increased revenues at uh, metrics that do not make sense. Actually, you know, too, too high board, etc. So actually, we are more keen to look at uh, very high businesses which have B2B, let's say, sales businesses that have great metrics. And for us, you know, they do not have to have the ambition to become unicorns. For us, it's good enough, you know, if they have the ambition to grow, let's say, maintain their hundred percent growth year over year for the next five or or ten years. And if it means that they will not become unicorns, but they will, let's say, tenfold their evaluation and tenfold their business size, for us it's good enough, actually. This is the kind of businesses and the founders that we are looking for.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, we are very big fans of capital efficient businesses that are not necessarily chasing unicorns. And and, and partly the the problem I have with this unicorn chasing, mindless unicorn chasing, is flushing these companies with too much capital, and then the exit bar is so high that – you know, companies basically end up in this twilight zone where they are burning too much cash and, and can't raise more money and, and can't find an exit because the valuation requirements are too high to have a profitable exit, etc. So I'm actually pleased to hear that you are thinking, you know, that you're acknowledging that there are other ways of building businesses. Now, there is a question, though, um, how, much, how much exit capacity exists in the region for you know if there are five ten thousand startups and and most of them are going to seek exits how do you think this is going to play out oh did we lose the audio so folks the reason i will let paul figure out how to ah you're back
1: well it's a good great, great question uh, well it's a great question in our case uh we see at least three pathways for the exit on the one hand uh, our focus when we invest in startups we seek the startups that uh, actually already are doing business at least in the region or maybe are selling the products to uh, to more international base of their clients or customers so the focus is not solely on local markets let's say Poland, Bulgaria, Romania not even central Eastern europe we are seeking startups from this region, but the ideal startup from our perspective is a startup that already has very broad uh, customer base, and already they proven that they can sell also outside the region, let's say Western Europe, the, the North America, maybe the Australia, etc. So uh, the, the the more sales they bring from outside the region, the uh, of the Central Eastern Europe, the higher priority of the exit also among the strategic investors that are outside the Central Eastern Europe so uh this increases the probability of the exit to uh, a much larger international global uh, uh so it's also very important uh when you mention this and the metrics for the b2b sas it's also very important when where do you generate yourselves geographically speaking do you generate yourselves only one country one region, or region uh, if it's the states okay it's good enough but if you generate the sales on a very small local market there's also the, always the question of the investor uh, what happens when you reach the full capacity of this local market will be able to go outside this local market to further expand your startup in our case the ideal scenario is the startup that already maybe doesn't have a, a, huge mrr maybe it's, it, it is only fifty thousand dollars, let let's say mrr but already among a uh, broad scope of uh, customers from uh, uh, different uh, geographical regions and then the right. probability of the exit among corporations from outside the, the region are much, much more higher
0: so what we know we have worked a lot with uh, this model um with the indian startups you know Indi- the indian market is full of b2b fast startups now and uh One of the things that the Indian investors have learned is that it's fine, it's it's actually great to validate the market of business, validate validate the customers in the Indian market or in the Asian market, and then very quickly they come to North America and then chase the global market. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, it's a tried and true formula. They're using it constantly and building very good companies based on this formula. There is... um, Nonetheless, I think you can imagine just in Central Europe and Eastern Europe, you have five to 10,000 B2B SaaS startups. India probably alone has you know, that many and many more. Um, so the, the volume of B2B startups right now, SaaS startups, is very, very large. So the number of companies that are going to be trying to do this is, is very, very large. Um, so one, one thing I would like to point out is that I think as this market matures, there are going to be private equity led roll-ups and some of the exit is going to be not into the strategics, but into these private equity roll-ups and if you if you 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 talked about amazon sellers uh, that's a market where this is already happening there are private equity roll-ups happening of amazon brands that are getting some traction and then some private equity company comes in or they create an umbrella brand and under which they roll up a whole bunch of you know good brands that are scaling nicely so i suspect that this is going to i don't suspect i predict (laughs) this is going to happen in the b2b SaaS world as well you agree Mm
1: -hmm. yes of course uh, we are the uh... Well, we don't see it much in Central Eastern Europe yet. We see it in the okay. in the more uh, developed countries, Western United yeah. states. Yeah, we also see that more and more, uh, uh, more and more often, uh, 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 larger startups uh, uh, they buy buy out the smaller startups as well. You know, to to to, uh, yeah, to, to, to speed a up the, of the scale of Strategic exits. Yes, the largest, largest. Yeah, actually, larger
0: startups buying out you know, not just public companies buying out smaller startups, but larger startups buying out smaller startups is happening. Exactly. Especially exactly. the ones that are doing this unicorn route and they're flush with capital and are not showing enough revenues are a great exit target for the smaller startups exactly. that are capital exactly. and are showing good uh, good momentum. Yes, absolutely. So, very good. All right. Well. Um, Paul, I hear that you're going to stay on for the pitches. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, of
1: course. So-